When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in episode 41 of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. We really appreciate you guys subscribing and rating and reviewing the show on all platforms. Today's show is going to be a little different. We have some very serious topics to discuss with the Deshaun Watson news coming down a few hours before we recorded. We have a very somber topic to discuss right off the top of the show with the passing of Bill Russell and we have what is unquestionably going to be the single greatest moment up to this point of one Demonze Bird's life, having won a $10,000 wager from me that has to be paid in cash in full before the end of today's show. There is one slight problem. I do not have the $10,000 in full on me. However, don't give me that look. You don't have it. I don't have, listen, we will discuss. We will get to that before the end of the show. I have a solid amount of money in my pocket. Okay. I promise before the end of today's show, you will hold more money than you've ever held at one point in time. It's not the full 10,000 though. We'll explain and we'll see what you think the proper uh, remedies are. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll get to that. We're going to talk about regular sports stuff. We'll do all our regular show. However, we can't really do the the actual regular show because we need to start with this. So before we even get to what we're not getting into or our regular A block, I, of course, want to talk about Bill Russell. Not only the greatest winner in the history of sports, but a true civil rights icon who passed away Sunday at the age of 88. So the Bill Russell off-the-court life is a remarkable one. The first black head coach in major American sports, man who was born in the 30s in Louisiana, uh, moved north and dealt with racism and bigotry and attacks every step of the way. A man who, I think not coincidentally, after his time in Boston, and some of this stuff, Demonze, I'm sure, and this is no shade here, you're unaware of it. While he was winning championships in Boston, he had his house broken into, they broke his trophies, they shit in his bed. They, when he would go on the road, he had his, uh, his daughter wrote about how he would have his garbage cans every single time. Tipped over. Tipped over. And that he went to the police and said, this has to stop. And the cops were like, must be raccoons. And so he said, okay, then I want a gun permit. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And not coincidentally, I don't think Bill Russell then moved. I think 
to the geographic opposite of Boston. He moved to an island off the coast of Seattle called Mercer Island. You could not get further away from Boston than he lived. And he lived there for the better part of 40 years. And he talked about how he, you know, he played for his teammates, his coach, Red Arbach, but not for the fans. And listen, there, there is a tortured history in, in a lot of cities, but famously Boston, of their relationship with their black stars. Bob Cousy was a great player. Havlicek was a great player. Larry Bird was a great player. None of them were as great as Russell was, yet there is, to this day, real questions about who the greatest Celtic was. And that had to do with the fact that Bill Russell was a black man, a a proud black man, and marched right alongside Ali and King in the civil rights movement. And when Bill Russell, you know, was getting death threats and the family asked the FBI to help, what the FBI did was open a file on him that referred to him as an arrogant Negro who would not sign autographs for white children. That's how the country, the the city of Boston, the country as a whole treated Bill Russell, okay? So that is the very, very short version of Bill Russell, the activist, Bill Russell off the court. And by the way, Bill Russell signed up for Twitter in his 80s to send out a tweet supporting Colin Kaepernick. He never, his first tweet ever was him kneeling. He never stopped the activism. I I don't want to gloss over that, but also as, as interested and educated as I am on that part of his life, there are other people in longer form that can pay a better tribute to that. So I would like to, for a moment here, talk about Bill Russell, the basketball player. Because I think people know eight titles in a row. They know 11 championships in 13 years. I still think it undersells how utterly dominant he was. One of the reasons I did my list the way I did it, the 50 best of the last 50, is not only because you it, you can't get film and you can barely get fully accurate full box scores of those games in the late 50s and throughout the 60s, but also because Bill Russell causes a problem for any ranking. Because if we agree the goal of team sports is to win, then what do you do with a guy who lapped the field a couple times over when it comes to winning? And it wasn't just the 11 championships. It's that he never lost a do-or-die game in his basketball life. You hear this stat thrown around, but I want to emphasize it. Then we will go through the Bill Russell basketball life quickly and then move on to the show. Bill Russell, in the NCAA tournament, in the Olympics, and in game sevens of the NBA, or do-or-die game fives of the NBA when it's five-game series, played 21 games where the winner advances and the loser goes home. College, Olympics, and the pros. His teams were 21-0 and in those 21 games. He got to the University of San Francisco, and within a year, Sports Illustrated wrote an article saying that college basketball might have to change the rules because of him. 
And they did a year later. They <laughs> widened the lane to try to minimize his defensive impact. He then went on a 55-game collegiate winning streak, winning two national championships. He then won the gold in the Olympics. He then gets to Boston. And this is where we're going to, similar to how we have on our NBA list, go year by year, but I will do it quickly. Bill, this Boston Celtics had Bob Cousy already. He was about to win league MVP. They had never made a finals. They made the finals the first 10 years of Russell's career. They made the finals 12 of the 13 years he played. So his very first year in the league, Game 7, NBA Finals, against the at-that-moment best player in basketball, Bob Pettit. He has 19 points and 32 rebounds in a two-point double overtime win. The next year, they are playing Pettit in the finals again. Russell sprains his ankle, misses game four, misses game five, is a shell of himself, barely plays in game six. Pettit hangs 50 on him. And Russell, if you listen to Bill Simmons, still bitter about that, says, I was injured. So how did he respond? Well, he won eight championships in a row. But the, what's amazing about when you hear eight titles in a row, you think, oh my God. They were just far and away better than everyone. But the thing is, they weren't. Those were close games. They were close games in seven-game series. 59 to get to the finals. They're in a game seven against Syracuse. And my old landlord in college, believe it or not, uh, well, Dolph Shays, whose son, Danny Shays, people maybe remember, probably not. Dolph Shays, a great player. Russell beats him by five in a game seven. Then they sweep the Minneapolis Lakers. And Mike, is Mike still on that Lakers team? I think he is. I got to double check that. They sweep Mike and the, oh no, Mikan's not still on the Lakers team. My apologies. But Elgin Baylor is. And they sweep them to win the title. That's championship number two. The next year, he beats Wilt in the, to get to the conference finals, or to get to the finals. And then in the NBA finals, plays Bob Pettit again, a game seven has a 22-point, 35-rebound game to win title number three. The very next year, he's in the finals against Bob Pettit again. This one doesn't go seven. In five, they win. He has a 30-point, 38-rebound game to win ring number four. The very next year, he plays Wilt in a game seven to get to the finals, beats him by two. In the finals, plays Jerry West. It's a game seven. That game seven goes to overtime. Russell plays all 53 minutes, has 30 points and 40 rebounds. Those re these rebound these totals are crazy. They, they're insane. They played <laughs> like... a super fast pace and missed a lot of shots. They're still insane. That's ring number five. The very next year, there's another game seven to get to the finals. This is against Oscar Robertson in Cincinnati. He, of course, wins with a 20 and 24, and then they win the title against the Lakers. Poor Jerry West, uh, this time in six. That is ring number six. That is five in a row. The next year, it's nice and easy. They win the title in five. That's ring number six. The very next year, they're playing Philadelphia. It's a game seven. Philadelphia, of course, has Wilt Chamberlain. Russell wins that game seven to get to the finals by one point playing all 48 minutes against Wilt and holding Wilt, if you will, to 30, which back in the day, holding Wilt to 30 is a hell of an accomplishment. Right. 
They then beat the Lakers again, poor Lakers, in the finals. He has a 20-30 and 30 to win that title. I've lost track. I think that's ring seven and six in a row. The yeah. very next year, they have an easy one. They win the title. Oh, no. They get to the title easily. But another game seven, another game against the Lakers, another time Jerry West is so close, they win game seven by two points. He has 25 points and 32 rebounds. That is, I want to make sure I have this right, that is title that is title number nine. No, is maybe I maybe I'm confused. I I've lost track at this point. That is, yeah, yes. that is, that is title number nine, eight in a row. The next year they lose. Before the finals, Wilt and the Sixers get them in the conference finals. So you know what happens? He becomes player coach, and they win two more rings. How do they win those two more rings? They beat ba- they beat Philly. In a game seven by four points, and then to get to the finals, and then they beat the Lakers in six, and then his final year in the league, in the final game he'll ever play, another game seven against the Los Angeles Lakers that they win by two. So the reason I say all that is it's not just that he won five MVPs and did all that winning, it's also, it is impossible to look at how close those games were and the fact that he never came out on the short end of it and come to any conclusion other than he understood what it took for his team to win better than any athlete we've ever seen. So again, that was, and by the way, his athletic career was not the most important part of his life. It was the off the court stuff, but on the court, Pardon me, earmuff kids. That was a bad mother man. The guy came to college, was a track star, learning basketball. And as soon as he picked it up a little bit, won two national championships, then an Olympic gold medal, then in a 13-year NBA career, made the finals 12 times, won 11 rings, and the one time he didn't win in the finals, he missed two and a half games with injury. Right. An all-time, all-timer by any measure, the great and incomparable Bill Russell. All right, so there's the Bill Russell portion of the show. Now to the regular show that will not quite be a regular show, but we will do our best today. Here is what is not on today's show. What is not on, did not make the cut for today's show is Paolo Boncaro dropping 50 in a pro-am. These pro, listen, I love the crossover like everybody else. That's Jamal Crawford's little pro-am thing. Your guy up in Seattle, he calls he it owns the crossover. It? Yeah, he spells it like his last name. He calls it the crossover. He puts it all in the yeah. tournament. But these 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 NBA guys playing in pro-ams, not that impressed, to be honest. He includes LeBron, <laughs> whatever he did at the Drew League. Draymond wants more money and a $1.28 billion Mega Millions jackpot win. They're only going to get like $600 million, though. Like $700, maybe. Uh, it's only taxed out. The, it gets taxed like crazy. Yeah, so, so, I mean, what's the point, really, if you're only having $700 million? No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm not one of those guys. It's 600 more million. I mean, I mean you, you are kind of one of those guys, because you, but you're, listen, I get it. You're feeling yourself. You're about to have $10,000 <laughs> in your pocket. You feel like 10, It's already 000, been taxed. Seven, yeah, it's already, <laughs> oh, you're on to it. 
I'm, yeah, you might have had a little spoiler alert there. Okay, Demonze. All right, now we must we must gain our composure because yep. we have another serious topic to discuss: the Deshaun Watson situation. Go ahead. An independent NFL disciplinary officer, Judge Sue O. Robinson, decided Deshaun Watson was guilty of violating the NFL conduct policy. Yep. But she only called for a six-game suspension. Yep. Uh, the NFLPA says the league should accept the independent ruling and move on without any appeals. But uh, if you go strictly by Twitter reactions, yeah. it seems like six games isn't isn't enough. Yep. Uh, the commissioner could step in in the next three days and extend the time. Yep. Should he? I think he should, and I think he will. So, I it, this is kind of we're going to do an all encompass all encompassing Deshaun Watson discussion here. First of all, I want to talk about where I think I have failed on this, and I don't think I'm the only one in the media, but I will speak for myself. I think one of the reasons there was not as much public outrage as there should have been when it comes to more than two dozen women accusing Deshaun Watson of some really heinous stuff is because it was so uncomfortable and awkward and embarrassing to discuss, I think a lot of us in the media, myself included, particularly on television, chose the path of least resistance, which is, ah, let's talk about something else. Right. Because if you are talking about some, if you're talking about a guy masturbating, ejaculating on women without their consent, you know, trying to, force them or cajole them into sexual acts and doing it repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly across more than two dozen women where you read that the Texans kind of had a setup for him where he had a, a club membership and they all of it is so grotesque and so uncomfortable that it wasn't like here's a video of someone committing an act of violence, we can all discuss it. So because of that, I don't think it got the general attention it deserved initially. So that's where I failed. And I, you know, I don't think I'm the only one, but I'll speak for myself where I think I failed in regards to this. Now, as far as what is the appropriate punishment, I think I said on the show, this show a long time ago, that I don't think this is one you can split the baby on. And by that, I mean, I felt like the independent arbitrator, Judge Sue L. Robinson, almost had to come down on zero games or the whole season or a season plus. Two years. Right? Yeah, because it is very difficult for me to rationalize the idea of, I believe you did this and I believe you deserve less than one of the most punitive suspensions in NFL history. But it seems like that is exactly what she did. Right. That And some of her quotes, according to Tom Pelissaro... She was saying like how it wasn't violent. Yeah, so. I, I, I thought the whole... What Tom Pelissaro reported on Twitter on Monday. And by the way, again, it's possible by the time you guys hear this, the NFL announces that it is appealing. And we'll talk about that process in a moment. But as of right now, the NFL has said nothing about this. It is, there are some very, very awkward and odd quotes from the judge. 
She says his pattern of behavior was egregious, but says the behavior was, quote, nonviolent sexual conduct. Well, like, uh, like guys like Calvin Ridley got a full season for making parlay bets while he wasn't even playing. Well, so, and, and I want to get to that. That wasn't violent. Part. I want to get to that, <laughs> of course. And I want to get to that part in a moment because that is a bit apples and oranges, but it's what people's brains are naturally going to go to. But I want to say, I, I fundamentally disagree with what the judge said, that this was nonviolent. Now, I just, I feel like there are different forms of violence. And right. I feel like if someone is like emotional violence almost well and i would say i believe the women in this case and i want to talk more about that in a moment as well i believe someone ejaculating on you without your consent is violent i think that is a violent act 100 um there's violence is not always punching someone in the face right uh now i also want to say this and this is again why i think people have been hesitant to discuss this on television or in short sound bites because you don't want to be misquoted. You don't want to be partially quoted. So I believe it is incredibly important that our criminal justice system has a massively high burden of proof that innocent until proven guilty remains the standard and that reasonable doubt in order to clear that threshold, it needs to be as high of a bar as possible in order to cage a human being, in order to send someone to jail or to prison, in order to deny someone that, their liberty. I think that standard is what it should be. That does not mean that must be the standard for what I believe happened. And so whether or not I, on a jury, could convict Deshaun Watson on any of these individual cases. I does not have, to me, much of anything to do with the fact that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that he is guilty of what many, if not all of these women are accusing him. of. It is a logical impossibility that more than two dozen women, many of whom did not file a single lawsuit, had nothing to gain from this, right. would allege this behavior and have it what? Just be a massive conspiracy? To what end? To, to what gain for the women, particularly who have no, no skin in the game when it comes to the lawsuit? He just also, he doesn't really seem to have like the demeanor of somebody that didn't do what he did. I've seen like conferences held and stuff and it, it just kind of... The whole thing seems... I, it, there is no part of me that's like, yeah, I think he's innocent. Right. There's no part of me. So, again, my opinion is just my opinion on it. But I think anyone that follows this story, that reads the lawsuit, that reads the testimonials that Jenny Brentis has acquired, those things, I, I find it impossible to come away with the conclusion Deshaun Watson was set up. Okay, so if we can acknowledge that he did at least some if not all of this, now we get to what DeMonze was alluding to, the other suspensions. So Miles Garrett got six games for an on-field fight when he conked Mason Rudolph on the head with his own helmet. Right. Michael Kendricks got eight games for insider stock trading. Right? 
Deshaun's former teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, got six games for a trace amount of PEDs in his system. Right. And Calvin Ridley got a season for betting on a game he wasn't playing. Now, what some would say, and they would not be wrong, is the difference between certainly the DeAndre Hopkins PEDs and the Calvin Ridley thing is those are black and white rules. If you test positive, you get this many games. If you bet on a game, you get this many games. I get that. But the optics of it are horrifying. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's one is like a, a huge morality issue. Exactly. Like it's not of course. nearly on the same level. Correct. And I would argue that if Deshaun Watson was caught on video punching one woman, Right. He would have gotten at least this, if not more. Right. The fact that it's not video. And so there is the question, I guess you could argue the question of did he do it or not. And in the court of public opinion, which I think is going to sway to he should get a longer suspension. However, there will be some folks who. Well, how do I say this? I just say what I think. I'll just, I'll just be totally transparent with you guys. There are, there are some men that will never believe women under any circumstances. That will just always be of the, ah, that, that son of a gun setting them up. Right. There are another group of men that, or people, I should say, not just men, people that look at massage therapists as sex workers and nothing more and nothing less. And that, okay. Yeah, these these women knew what they were signing up for and knew. And I do understand that there are certain massage venues in America where sex work is part of what everyone is signing up for right. in that. But this this wasn't that. This was finding women on IG who say they're masseuses and then putting them in positions that they did not want to be in. That's what I believe. And so now we get to what the NFL should do, okay? I believe because of the optics, because the NFL wanted a year and only got six games, because the judge didn't exactly split the middle. Deshaun's camp wanted zero. The NFL wanted a year. I, if Maybe if the judge would have imposed eight or nine games, the NFL would have said, okay, you split the middle, we'll leave it alone. I think it is incumbent on the NFL to add to this suspension. And by the way, the appeals process is it under the old CBA, there would be no Judge Sue Robinson. It would just be Goodell. Under the new CBA, there is the independent arbitrator, but then the appeals go to Goodell. So if Goodell and the league office decide they want to appeal, they're appealing to themselves. Right. So there will then and then the only recourse to Sean's camp would have is federal court. So that is. What, what I think, and maybe by the time people hear this, I think this gets upped to eight or ten games. I don't think the, I don't think, I don't think the NFL is going to do the full year because then I think it sways in the other direction where it's like, well, you wanted a year, you, you went to this judge, the whole thing was, you wanted a year to begin with, you have this independent arbitrator in place, she says six games, and now you're just going to give him the full year, so the whole thing was a sham. Right. Um, but I think a year would have been totally fair. And I'm going to say one other point on this. If I'm in the league office 
Part of my math on the penalty here is the fact that the Browns and Deshaun structured his contract in a way that baked in a suspension and made it so he would lose as little dollars as possible. So people don't understand when you're suspended, you lose that game check. Your game check is your salary divided by number of games. So it's a 17-game season. If you make $17 million, each game you make a million bucks. So if you're suspended six games, you lose $6 million on that salary. Right. Deshaun this year is going to make $46 million. But his salary is only 700000 of that. The rest is a signing bonus and roster bonus, which cannot be clawed back due to suspension. So when you are, he is going to lose less than $300,000 as far as salary. That's from wild. And that's intentional. Yeah. And one can say that's a great job by his agent, so be it. However, that, that is something if I'm the NFL, I'm not letting that stand. Right. <laughs> I'm imposing some massive fine in addition to the suspension. 100%. And I think that's what they're going to do because what they don't want is the New York Times push alert that I got this morning, which said Deshaun Watson, Brown's quarterback, uh, who was accused of sexual misconduct by 24 women, suspended six games by the NFL. They don't want the average fan that's not locked into every day think that, oh, Goodell said this was right. for six games. The NFL wanted to suspend him a year. Okay. All right, so there's the Deshaun piece. We already did a long Bill Russell piece. And now to one of DeMonze's favorite topics before we wrap up our kind of somewhat uh, yeah, less than regular A block. What's our last topic? Uh, Mickelson was, hel- was heckled at the Live Golf event a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, someone shouted, do it for the Royal Saudi, Saudi fam- Wait, hold on. The Saudi, Saudi Royal Family. Sa- Saudi Royal Family. Yeah. Sorry, before he teed off. Trump was in attendance, but Charles Barkley backed out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even like talking regular golf, but now we're talking all brand golf. Yeah. You demanded we put this on the show. Why? Is okay, it? here's why I want to put this on the show. And by the way, if you love me as a sports guy <laughs> and you can't stand my political opinions, fast forward to the B block. Okay? Because you're about to get some of them. If you're just if you're like, Nick, I love your LeBron takes, but God dog it, I'm a dyed in the wool Trumper. And if you say anything bad about him, I'll never be able to listen to you again. Then fast forward the pod. Because here's, listen, I have not been judgmental on the live tour. I've said I might go work for him if they offered me enough money. Right. That's not what this is. What I, the reason I wanted to mention this is because nothing bothers me more in politics than wanton, blatant hypocrisy. And I have had to listen to Josh Hawley and the, mo- and the, the most conservative Republicans up to and including Donald Trump, on NBA players for their relationship with China and for having games over there and LeBron's relationship with them go after him, saying, oh my God, you have this relationship with this oppressive regime. And by the way, China is a rep- oppressive regime. And if you want to have that criticism, I, while I don't share it, I understand it. But the audacity For these same people who have gone after NBA players, not because they give two dams about the human rights violations in China, 
but because nothing riles up their base like telling prominent rich black dudes to shut the hell up and sit down and know their place. For those people to stand on that soapbox for three years about the NBA players in China and not say a mumbling word when their dear leader, Donald Trump, is supporting financially and in other ways, every way possible, the Live Tour, hosted at his course. He goes in attendance, him and and, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and the whole crew of them, and to just be like, yeah, who's going to call us on our shit? Well, listen, I guess me. It's just (laughs) so, it's just so laughable. And by the way, it's one of, again, the hypocrisy, I'm not a both sides guy. But I will say, anybody that fervently defended the NBA's relationship with China and fervently has attacked the Live Tour for its relationship with the Saudi royal family, I think that's a little hypocritical as well. But that's not me. I, I've kind of steered clear of, of any of the criticism because I think we all, I, as I've said before, it's hard to be a moral capitalist, okay? A, a truly moral capitalist. I get it. But... I seeing it's disgusting work there. See, say it again. Disgusting work there. Yeah, seeing the the just the grinning ex president, potentially future president, yucking it up at the live tour after he spent the better part of a year taking every shot at NBA guys for their relationships with, as he would put it, China. It's just repulsive. And the the at least somebody, at least one person, noticed the obvious hypocrisy there. We'll be right back, having a lot more fun, a lot more lighthearted topics, and I'm going to try to stiff Demonze out of a few thousand dollars. That's all next. Yeah, we'll see. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. 
Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back in What's Right, Nick Wright, segment number two of episode number 41. Segment one was, I think, our longest A block ever, but with good reason. We had the passing of the great Bill Russell, and we discussed his career uh, the Deshaun Watson story broke a few hours before we went on the air, and I decided to get a you know take a few political shots. But if you're join back now joining us, especially if you skipped over the political part, don't worry about that. We now have straight sports talk, starting with I think my favorite topic to discuss in the world, which is why LeBron James is the goat. <laughs> uh, so go ahead, Demonte, take us there. You rank Kareem at number two in your top fifty in the last fifty years. Yep, that means that you have LeBron James at number one over Michael Jordan, most notably, but not surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, what would it take for somebody to dethrone LeBron at number one? Okay, so I have a question yeah. on that. By the way, before we sure, start, I don't want to spoil too much ranker talk or whatever. No, but, that's fine. Uh, would LeBron be number one? If he didn't come back through one in that Golden State series, no, okay, he wouldn't be. I mean, okay. well, I mean, without the, are you asking if he had just won the title without being three one, or if they had no, if won they that just title? lost that finals on top of him not coming no, back from the three one? No, 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 no. He, uh, he he needed that, that changes a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that right. changed the landscape considerably. All right, sorry. and we'll talk about that on Sunday when people hear the LeBron episode. So of when people look at active players. Does any active player have a chance of becoming the GOAT? Let me start with Steph. The answer with Steph is no. The, he doesn't have enough time left. Even if he wins a couple more championships, he's, 30, he's going to be 34 years old. His, he has become a more than passable defensive player, but he's never going to have the two-way impact that the GOAT candidates have had. Okay. And he has, and so Steph, Steph's ceiling is probably passing Kobe, maybe passing Duncan. That's his ceiling. Okay. Then I let me get to Luca. Luca, who's the most controversial person on the list, number 20 on the list. Again, watch the Luca video. I explain it. There's precedent, people. Uh Luca has a chance to become the greatest offensive player ever. Okay. I do not, and I don't think he'll quite get there. But I do not think Luca has a chance to become the greatest player ever because I even if he improves defensively, he's never there were various periods of time where Kareem, 
Michael, and LeBron were the most devastating or the very close to the most devastating defensive players in basketball while being the best offensive players in basketball. So that leaves one guy who could do it, and that's Giannis. And I won't put a ceiling on where Giannis could get to. Because if Giannis gets the accolades and the hardware and has the longevity that I think he will, his potential is, of course, to be the greatest player ever. Yeah, I'm not. I, he I'm just, not predicting he becomes the greatest player ever. And he's got the most potential to be the. But greatest player. he, we already saw him have one of the greatest finals performances ever. I believe they would have won the title this year if Middleton didn't get hurt. But we can't just give him an extra finals title. I know you don't like to hear that. <laughs> um, but I believe that they would have. And he is in my opinion, for three consecutive years, been the single most impactful offensive and defensive player in basketball. And so, and I think he has the right disposition and all of that. So, do am I predicting he will? I'm not predicting it. Is it on the board? It's on the board. And he's the only active player that it's on the board for. But, Big Vic, Victor, Wimbanyama, or Wim, Ban, Wim, Banyama, pardon me. Oh, boy. The seven-foot, two-inch French kid. Look out for him. Look out for Big Vic. But right now, Giannis is the guy. All right, what's next? All right. Training camp fights are nothing new, but franchise quarterbacks picking the fights is different. Uh, Josh Allen picked a fight with a 6'6 defensive tackle at 600 pounds. Uh... These are, the, are, these are totally the actions of somebody or a leader that's focused on beating the Chiefs, right? See, this is trying to set me up to take a shot at Josh Allen, and I won't do it. I think, I'm not going to say I think you should take a, a shot at Josh Allen. Uh-huh. I don't, know. I don't it's, first it's of all. Strange. You're the quarterback. I don't, okay, but he's bigger than most of these guys. Second of all, I'm, I. I <laughs> Wait, no, I'm not saying he's the quarterback, so he shouldn't be picking fights with a defensive tackle. I'm just saying, like, you're the quarterback. You're supposed to. You're saying he's bigger than most of these guys. Like, all right, yeah, he could pick a fight because he might win. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, word. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I think it'd be idiotic if it were Kyler. Okay. But he's 6'6". I I think, I mean, what are we talking about here? That's first of all. Um, Second of all, this is bait to try to get me to take shots at Josh Allen. I said after the Bills-Chiefs divisional round game, Josh Allen has my respect, and more than my respect, he has generated fear from me. And so I am not taking any more shots at him. I think Josh Allen is awesome. I have him right now as the second-best quarterback in football. I have totally come around. I I flip-flopped on Josh Allen 100%. And so, no, I will not take shots at him. I don't don't mind the training camp fights. And if anything, that D-tackle should maybe be cut. Oh, my gosh. You oh, can't mess with the quarterback. No, that, that that's you can't mess with the quarterback. But didn't he he shoved him? I guess he hit him late. After I don't. The yeah, he touched him late. You just can't do it. Just oh. can't do it, fellow. That's franchise. All right, what's next? Uh, so Cardinals Cardinals have removed the independent study clause from Kyler Murray's contract after a backlash from every direction. Also related, uh, Zion Williamson has a weigh-in clause yeah. stating that he will lose some of his money if he exceeds a certain weight limit and body fat percentage. Yep. How do you feel about teams putting these condescending clauses in players' contracts? Okay, I feel very differently about the Zion and the Kyler one. Okay, the Zion one, 
I think it's totally reasonable. I don't think it's condescending. I think it's that, hey, the, the Miami Heat famously used to have weekly weigh-ins. And if you had over a certain body fat or you were over the weight you're supposed to be, they find you. This is a more punitive version of that. Yeah. I also think for Zion that this is trying to protect him from himself to a degree. And because it's, I, I've never seen someone whose body in a short period of time can fluctuate so much right. between how he looks. Like it looks like he can swing 20 pounds in one direction or the other in a week. Right. I also would imagine this. Probably just means that it's really easy for him to get big. Easy for him to get big, which is what this is trying to protect against. I also, I don't know this, but I would imagine this went something like this. That the Pelicans said we want, because the clause is the following. His weight plus his body fat percentage cannot exceed 295. So my guess is the Pelicans said we don't want Zion ever above 275 that we want him to be at 270 and his and they wanted to put that in there and his agent almost assuredly pushed back well that's not fair like what if our guy just gets crazy jacked up right and they said okay in the body so all right fine so you want to play at 280 like lebron did one year i believe you better have the lebron type of body fat right you know what i mean if you so if you want to play at 280 it better be the leanest 280 we've ever seen. Right. Meanwhile, if you're at 270, there's no way you're going to be a, you're not going to have a, science not going to have better than more than 25% body fat. Right. So, you know, so it protects him and them in that regard. That one, I don't mind. The Kyler thing, we talked about it, it when it happened. It was, <laughs> it was embarrassing for all parties involved. And here's the problem with them taking it out. If I'm Kyler and his agent, I'm like, so let's just make this clear. Because I'm sure they fought about that provision. I'm sure they didn't want it in there. And for them to like rat, kind of rat him out like that. Well, then- it's not just that they ratted him out. Every, when, when he signed it, he knows if he has good representation. These contracts get filed publicly. Right. We can all read them. But the point that I think is would really irritate me if I were Kyler is I told you I didn't want this in there. My agent fought for it not to be in there. You guys said it had to be in there. And then public scrutiny and Twitter memes and being made fun of in the media made you remove it. I need to be compensated for my suffering. So, well, I don't know about that, but my my personal feelings were not enough for you to remove it. But, you know, public perception was... That would piss me off. I think that's a I, I think that's a poorly, poorly run franchise. All right, what's last? Uh, the Athletics' Fred Katz says that the current NBA trade market is at a standstill. Uh, he claims that asking prices for stars are way too high right now. Specifically, KD's asking price seems a little bit unattainable. Yeah. Uh, one front office executive said KD is the blame because he's asking for his trade so late. Can anything happen before KD gets moved? All right, I don't think KD asked for a trade so late. He asked for a trade right before free, right when free agency was getting started. So I don't think he asked for a trade too late. I think we are in a holding pattern. I do believe KD's going to get moves. 
I thought Zach Lowe's reporting that the Nets are still holding out hope that he will retract his trade demand is noteworthy because the Nets recognizing the reality of the situation, which is if he doesn't retract it, we do have to trade him. Even though some people are like, ah, he has four years left. I just think right now is the downtime. I think once training camp approaches, certainly once training camp starts, Kevin Durant gets moved and Donovan Mitchell gets moved. I think both of those things happen. I owe DeMonze $10,000. I do not have it on me. We'll see how this goes. That's next. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? So I... uh. On Thursday's pod, I made a grievous strategic error. So how bad the error was. It was really bad. I'm about to tell you. I just looked it up. <laughs> so I went into Thursday's pod with 495,006 Twitter followers. Demonte went into Thursday's pod with just under 3,700 Twitter followers. And I said to him that I thought I would get to 500,000 before he got to 5,000. That I would pick up another 5,000 followers before DeMonze picked up 1,300 followers. Right. And I was so confident, I not only said, let's bet on it, but I said, I'll, I'll lay 10 to 1. And then I let you choose the amount. And your the choose-your-own-adventure financial things with you have not always gone your way. Yeah. And... Uh, you went higher than I ever would have imagined. You said you wanted to risk $1,000, which put me on the hook for $10,000, which in the moment on the pod, you can see my hesitation, but that is mostly because I'm like, God, dog it. I'm going to take them on. I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take exactly like 20% of this guy's net worth. But then what happened was I made some really bad strategic errors, which is I did not tell our social media manager, Lori, off the air how serious I was about (laughs) not promoting the segment. Right. You asked me for my buddy Danny Parkin's phone number. I thought that was for the pod, so I gave it to you. Yep. And instead, he sent out a tweet saying, well, we can show the tweets in a moment. But the short version is, I am sitting now at 495,249 followers. So I gained less than 250. And Demonze is at 5,200 plus. Yep. So he gained 1,500. So he won the bet. So can we show some of these tweets and then we'll get to the payoff of it? Because these tweets, Demonze got there immediately. Demonte tweeted this noon on Friday. What do I do now? And then what are the following tweets? Because I don't, I didn't enjoy I- I- dealing with any of this. The next one that he sent was, or people sent to him was Demonte as Scrooge McDuck counting his money. There was another one sent, and we can just roll through them. Uh, bet it all on your Celtics next year, fifty-five thousand or nothing. And this is, this is a joke. Don't actually do that. The Bucks are sweeping them this year. Dude. Yeah, don't actually do that. Yeah. Don't oh. don't actually do It'll that. It'll be gone before that time. Laugh at the old man. I would also give your little sister $10 in front of your dad just to troll him. <laughs> the world is yours, Demonte. The world is yours. Oh, my God. Okay. So, 
I promised that I would pay you on the air. So what I have in front of the camera right here, and this is not a bit, these are not, this is not a hundred on the outside and then all ones on the inside. This is, how much money do you think this is right here? That's probably like just shy of $8,000. I wish it were. This is exactly $5,000. <laughs> so $5,000. So okay. Here's the deal. And I hope and trust that you will believe me and we can re we can recalibrate on Thursday's pod. I went to the bank this morning. Yeah. And asked them to withdraw $10,000. And they gave me a whole runaround about that amount and this and that and third. And I didn't want to say, there's people online behind me, check how much is in the account. <laughs> check it. I would like it. <laughs> but I had to get back for the pod. Right. So I could easily get 5000 from them. Yeah. So that's what I did. Okay. So here's half. Half. You accept half it? now. Yeah. And the other half on Thursday with no juice, no vig. I'm not starting, no interest running. Is that a deal? That's a deal. That's a deal. So there it is. Thanks, now, man. before I let go of it, can you make me a commitment? What is Will that? Will this please go directly in the bank? Oh, yeah. 100%. Right after the show. Right after the show. Yep. I want Direct- a backpack and everything. I won't put it in my pocket. Directly in the bank. Yep. Okay. There it is. Oh, oh thanks, man. Oh. I don't like this hundred that's on the top though. It's what the really old vibing one? Vibing with this one. Yeah. That's the most money you've ever held in one time, correct? Um, yeah. Your hesitation oh. there makes me question some of your maybe previous endeavors if you've ever held more than $5,000. I mean, I was in the cartel at some point, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, you feel good about this? I, uh, I feel great. I'm going to put it in my pocket now. It's going to fall out of your. It's not going to fall out. I got oh zippers my God. on those. You got zippers on those? No, you don't. This guy. This guy, I think, is wearing swim trunks for the pod, and I just gave him five grand. They're actually billionaire boys club shorts. Oh, how apropos. Wearing the old, you feel like a billionaire right now. There it is. Worst sports wager of my life, and it's only halfway paid off. And God only knows what that then means I have to pay off to your mother once she sees and hears this. That's today's pod. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. All right, folks. Might not see me here on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>